0: The conclusions drawn only ask more questions, which is kind of what good research is about, right? Getting us thinking, getting us asking more questions. You're listening to the Tongue Tie Experts Podcast, a weekly program providing information and support for those families impacted by tongue and lip tie and the professionals caring for them. I'm Lisa Palladino, a midwife and a lactation consultant with over 30 years of experience. If you are a parent looking for answers, or a professional who is curious to learn more than what you learned in school on this topic, welcome. This podcast is for you. A gentle disclaimer, please do not consider anything discussed on this podcast by myself or any guest of the podcast to be medical advice. The information is provided for educational purposes only and does not take the place of your own medical or lactation provider. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Tongue Tie Experts podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Palladino. This week, we have an intersection of two topics, Research and buckle ties, both topics that we may fall short on knowledge in our profession in the tongue tie world, right? So we'll be chatting about a research article that was published by my professional colleagues about buckle ties. First, if you are a professional listening to this podcast during the fourth week of November 2023, you are in luck. It's my birthday week. And on my birthday every year, I slash the price of my pro course as an act of gratitude to have had another year serving all of you. So get on over to the website and check out the lowest price of the year. It's a great value for four L-SERPs, four recorded modules, bunch of handouts for your patients, treatment plans, assessment, phrenotomy, aftercare modules, and an interdisciplinary professional community to learn alongside of. And now we even have a a referral list for professionals for networking. So check it out at experts.net slash procourse. And as always, the link will be in the show notes. Okay, so the title of the article we're going to be discussing today is The Buckle Frenum. Trends in Diagnosis and Indications for Treatment of Buckle Ties Among 466 Healthcare Professionals. The authors are Richard Baxter, Robin Merkel walsh Lisa Leahy, Chad Knutson, and Saroosh Zaghi. Full credit to all of them for this work. The link to the article and all that we chat about will be in the show notes, of course, Um, but you can Google... If you're just listening and you want to just Google um, the article, and I'll put it in, I'll put it all in the links. If you're listening on Instagram or Facebook, it'll be in the links there too. Um, so, how do I feel about buckle ties? I get this question all the time. So, stay tuned for that. As I want to discuss the article first and then give my personal opinion, and I'll explain to you how I handle the issue in my own practice as an IBCLC, so stick around for that. The data for the research included a completed survey, and the survey had responses from a sample of 466 professionals. They came from over 15 countries, and they had various levels of professional affiliations and professional experience. I was one of those who filled out the survey, and it feels really cool to be part of such a groundbreaking research study. and. Why is this groundbreaking? The conclusions drawn only ask more questions, which is kind of what good research is about, right? Getting us thinking, getting us think, asking more questions. But I'm proud of this groundbreaking study and call it groundbreaking because it's an important start. I'm proud of my colleagues who have the commitment to begin such a process as research is needed but difficult, especially in this field. So besides me, who responded? The 466 responses were comprised of the following health professionals. Dentists, speech language pathologists, lactation consultants, registered dental hygienists who specialized in oral facial myofunctional therapy, occupational therapists, body professionals, including physical therapists, chiropractors, osteopaths, therapists, physicians, midwives, nurse practitioners, and physician assistants. So they were asked the symptoms of buckle ties. And the symptoms of buckle ties that were reported by these professionals included poor latch, labial seal issues, aerophasia leading to gas, reflux, and colic, milk spilling, also known as an anterior loss during feeding, preventing flanging of the lips, fascial tension, poor gape or mouth opening. One of the things that was great about this survey was that there was an open-ended response field that was included. And on that open response field, many respondents noted that it is hard to distinguish between the impact of buckle versus lip and tongue restrictions. And I feel that way too and you know that that's one of the um things that hold me back sometimes from diagnosing and expecting a not expecting but recommending a release of the buckle if we don't know how do we know it's from the buckle so more has to be done then others who responded expressed that buckle ties were rarely if ever associated with significant symptoms or functional implications when asked about clinical symptoms of buckle ties in older children, not breastfeeding, most noted feeding issues such as food pocketing, difficulty with straw drinking, poor saliva management, and challenges with the prerequisite oral placement skill of lip rounding, impacting the UOW sounds. Many also remarked that they see concerns with dental issues such as difficulty or pain with brushing the teeth, tooth decay, gingival recession, and possibly poor maxillary growth. Some respondents noted issues with lip incompetence, mouth breathing, and facial tension. Many noted that they rarely release buckle ties in children or reported that they did not correlate buckle ties with functional issues. So, not everyone who responded. Thought that buckle tar release was something that should be done or be done often. As we said before, the survey responses were provider opinions based on their own clinical experience, based on conversations with their colleagues, based on social media or non-peer-reviewed websites. And why is this? Because we just don't have a lot of information on buckle ties. There was a very important statement um, that I want to read that was part of the article. And it says this, while clinical experience is certainly important and forms the basis for future research, more research is needed on this topic to aid clinical decision making. In addition, the group sampled may or may not represent the entire population of providers' and likely represent the most enthusiastic ones, right? So in other words, if you don't think buckle ties are a problem, you're probably not going to answer a survey related to buckle tie treatment. That was a tongue twister. Um, So inside of the article, another interesting fact was a tool for assessment is introduced. And that tool is a mnemonic, Buckle, B-U-C-C-A-L. And I'll tell you what the letters stand for. B is for blanching tissue. U is for uncomfortable to palpate. C is for clinical impact. C for compensation patterns. There's two others and I didn't copy it. Oh my goodness, it's okay. It's in the article. It's very interesting to have a tool to use to describe it. Um, There's also class 1 mucosal attachment, class 2 gingival attachment, class 3 alveolar ridge attachment. Important to use these type of classification systems when you're communicating with other providers and also for further research, right? So at the conclusion of the study, the evaluation of the buccal frenum to diagnose a buckle tie relies upon visual inspection, palpation, and assessment of oral function. Buckle ties may affect aerophasia and feeding problems in infants, oral hygiene and dental issues, caries or recession in children and adults, speech issues, feeding issues, and fascial concerns. Survey data and clinical experience are summarized to review classification systems diagnostic evaluation criteria, and treatment recommendations as a foundational cornerstone for future works. So that's the study. Again, I will post the link. Wherever you're watching, you'll be able to find the link. Now, a couple of things. Another link I'm going to post is about the controversy I was talking about. So we have some people who are on social media Um, a particular person who will remain nameless who has called out this research as not, I don't know, I won't even say what she said, but she's bad-mouthing the researchers, let's put it that way. She's not being nice. She's not participating. So the research authors, the study authors have put up a page to answer the criticism of this work and answer their concerns. So I will post that too. I should have said in the beginning, and it's not really clearly said, a buckle tie is a cheek tie. How do I feel about this? I get this all the time. What do you think about buckle ties, Lisa? And I will say that The jury is still out for me if we should be releasing every cheek attachment that we see, every buckle attachment that we see. I am a firm believer in doing less is better. Um, Sometimes it seems to me that there is such tightness in the buckle area and I'll see the frenum there. And I will put that in my assessment when I am referring to the pediatric dentist for release. Sometimes I say, I'm not sure, see what you think, needs further assessment. Sometimes my query is, see what it will be like after the release of a concurrent lip and tongue tie, right? So perhaps there's tightness or pulling there because of the lip or tongue tie. Now, many of you have also heard me talk about my grandson. Very interestingly, my grandson developed a buckle tie after the release of his tongue and lip. So fascial changes happen, um, shifts happen, body work is necessary, as always an individual approach is needed. I am not one of those people that are gonna say, If the lip and tongue didn't solve the problems, we're not going to do the the frenum and the buckle. Yes, we would do the frenum and the buckle. One of the other aspects of buckle um, assessment and treatment, which I have noticed in my own experience, again, this is in my own experience with the babies that are in my care and parents reporting that the release of the buckle tie is not as traumatic. The exercises to keep that healing well are not as traumatic and not as difficult and don't cause as much distress as under the tongue. So sometimes if we're on the fence, it's a kind of, well, it can't hurt really that much to do it, but that's only with symptoms, not because it looks a certain way. I hope that everyone will review this research and let me know what you think. Keep in mind that that we need more research. So if you are a clinician with a large population or you are able to get research going, let's do it. Let's keep going with this because the more we do, the more we ask, the more questions come up, right? And we want to answer everyone's questions. Now, if you are listening during the last week or the last, the fourth week in November, the week of my birthday, be sure to check out the show notes and check out the tongue tie experts professional course. um, and the milk supply for professionals course, both will be on sale for my birthday at the lowest price of the year. It's my half price sale. It's very exciting time for me because I get to meet more of you after my birthday when you sign up for the course. So thank you so much for being here. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Tongue Tie Experts podcast. Check out the show notes for useful links about the topics we discussed and for ways to follow us on social media. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed listening, we'd love it if you'd rate, review, and share with your friends and colleagues. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.